You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy, and I'm your host, JJ Leahy. We've got a good one on tap for you today. We got Coach Hahn, McFarland High School's offensive line and linebackers coach, giving us a deep dive on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A couple quick updates for you. The temperature for tomorrow's game is expected to be 29 degrees considerably warmer than expected and there's not going to be much wind either only nine miles per hour to be honest i'll take that rogers and this offense have struggled mightily this season when there has been extreme wind conditions i'd much rather have our passing game completely intact as opposed to the slight advantage of a few degrees of wind chill difference on this opposing team kingsley kiki has been ruled out for this game i don't think that has much of an impact on the usage of snacks harrison because kiki has been out for several weeks now this was a question of whether he would return for this week. I've talked to quite a few people in the past few days who believe that stopping the run is going to be the biggest priority and that the Packers should focus on that rather than trying to stop the pass first. I disagree pretty strongly. Brady and this passing attack are quite lethal and passing is much more efficient. You pick up more yards at a time resulting in fewer plays and shorter drives which means fewer opportunities for Petten's defense to make big plays, get stops, get turnovers. Packers defense has done a phenomenal job in recent weeks of shutting down Cam Akers, David Montgomery, and the king himself, Derrick Henry. I understand the appeal of wanting to have Snacks Harrison out there, but keep in mind, if the Buccaneers switch to a tempo offense and get the ball out quickly, no huddle, don't allow the Packers any time to substitute, Snacks is trapped out there on the field. And you might be forced to burn a timeout to get him off the field. On the other side, this is a strategy that the Packers could employ against Vita Vea. Vita Vea is active for this game. Antonio Brown is out. Antoine Winfield is questionable. And for the Packers, the other guy in addition to King Kiki to keep your eye on is Kevin King. Now, here to talk Buccaneers and Packers is the one and only Coach Hahn. Coach, how are you doing today? Fantastic, buddy. Hey, big week for you guys, huh? Absolutely. Man, I'm really excited to make it back to the NFC Championship game two years in a row. And this year, we have the one and only Coach Brian Hahn to help break down what we're going into this week. Yeah. All right, first question. Antonio Brown ruled out late yesterday. How does this change things for the Packers' defense looking at wide receivers they're going to cover? Well, obviously, the big thing it does for Tampa is puts number 14 back on the field a lot more. And this kid is fast. I mean, he is really good off the line. He's a a really good slot receiver. And what they really like to do, what I've noticed is when Brown's not on the field, Tampa loves to go 12 personnel with two tight ends to the same side. And that gives you the opportunity then to go 14 and 13 Mike Evans to the same side. And that almost guarantees that 14 can be in the slot, which means he can't get jammed. 
So now the defense has to make a decision. Do you want to set the strength to the two tight end side and stop the run or harbor over and, and help out that 14 and 13 side on, on what we call the open side or the slot side. And 14, of course, is Chris Godwin. He's their big volume receiver down in Tampa. Talk to me about those tight ends. Cameron Brait is a guy who really scares me. I'm My big question here is, uh, do we have a guy, really, personnel-wise, who can be covering Cameron Brait? I do think so. If you see a lot of play-action game early on, I think you're number 39. Again, and, and anybody who's listened to me has understood how very high I am on this guy when he's covering tight ends. Like he's a, he's a little dude, uh, Sullivan, I believe it is, right? Yep, that's um, He's a little bit smaller dude, but he plays like he's 6'4", 225. I really like the way the kid plays. He's aggressive. He's tough in what we call a phone booth or a very small area of the field. He struggles in space a little bit from time to time, but playing tight ends, uh, this is your dude. He single-handedly shut down um, everything the Bears like to do in play action, played w- really, really well against the Rams and their play action stuff like, He's the man. I'm excited for him. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Defensive tackle Vita Vea. This is the other big news. Coming back after being on IR for, gosh, 10 weeks. And um, how does this change things for the uh, Packers O-line? I mean, is he going to be really freeing up guys like Devin White to make more plays? Yeah, yeah, he's a, a key figure, and and the guy they had before, uh, Nacho, I don't remember his his full name, my apologies, but he did a pretty good job of eating double teams, especially in week six, but Vita is the man. I mean, he will lock onto a guard-center combo, and he won't allow that to climb, which lets the really good linebackers flow well, so you got to have ways to put him in conflict and get him to man-on-man blocking, try to avoid doubling him as much as possible. Well, let's, let's hit on those linebackers again for, for a second in conjunction with Vita Vea because the Packers really like to run outside zone and that got blown up a lot by Devin White and Levante David in week six. And so, you know, the big idea has been, well, the, the Bucks struggle more against, you know, inside runs. Well, with Vita Vea being there, does that change the equation a bit? It does a little bit. Um, These linebackers are good, whether you're running inside zone, outside zone, counter trap. I mean, they are good. They are fast. They are good at reads. They flow well. Um, That can put them in a little bit of conflict backside at times with some RPO game. But look, these dudes are just absolutely programmed to shut down the run, and they do a great job of it. So Green Bay will be a lot more creative than we saw them in week six in putting them in conflict. We saw the Saints do it just a little bit last week. Um, look Look for Green Bay to use a lot more formations 
and a little bit of late motion to put them in conflict more so than the blocking scheme. Are you, are you saying that uh, you're trying to just make these linebackers hesitate for a second? Just that split second is all it takes, baby. Talk to me about uh, Ndamukong Sue and the rest of the D-line, of course, but Sue in particular, there's something you have seen on tape that uh, you found kind of humorous. Oh, yeah, I love it because they cheat. Um, and let's be honest, in any level of football with any team offensively or defensively, you're not going to cheat per se, but you're going to bend the rules as much as you can. So for me, offensively, we like to get linemen down the field a little bit on some of our RPO stuff just to mess with those linebacker reads. And we force the refs to call it. What Tampa does is they allow their D line to hold. They actually encourage it. I'm sure they teach it because they do a really good job. So these D linemen literally hold, especially on pressure. And Dominican Sue, number 93, loves to line up on the outside shade of the guard and literally try to cross the guard's face and pull that guard into the center so that he's now taking up two blockers and not allowing that guard to release just by holding the inside of his shoulder pads on that breastplate. So then when he's got a hold of that guard, there's nobody left to account for an outside looping backer, which is a tough thing for an offense. What Lafleur has got to do is have a little conversation just like we do at the rest pregame and say, hey, we've seen this on film. Make sure you're watching for it. Um, I'm going to try to keep my cool on the sideline, but if I see it, you have to understand they're cheating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In week six, here were the Green Bay Packers wide receivers. You had Devontae Adams, who was just back from being gone for a month on injury. He was definitely not playing like his normal self. Wide receiver two was MVS. Wide receiver three was Darius Shepard. They were very thin in the receiving core. This time, of course, we have Alan Lazard back. We have EQ in the mix. MVS is playing at a much higher level, and Devontae Adams, white hot. You look at what these guys did to the Rams DBs, who, in my opinion, are a, a league above what the Buccaneers have. Talk to me about this defensive back group, because the big conversation on social media around them is Carlton Davis and the success that he has had in press man coverage. A lot of Packer fans are saying, yes, please, please press, press Devante. Talk to me about what you're seeing here. Yeah, um, I guess when it comes down to press man coverage, if that's what the Buccaneers choose to do, it has very little to do with the cornerback itself and a lot more to do with the safety. And you've got to respect number 31 for Tampa Bay. This kid at safety is an absolute dynamo. Now, I understand he might might play, might not. He's a questionable designation, so I get that. But if that kid ain't playing, you're probably not going press man if you're Tampa Bay because Devontae Adams will just feast. We saw a little bit of press man against some of the Saints receivers, especially low red zone type of stuff. And the Saints honestly had some opportunities there. Uh, they did a great job of using formations, really condensing that box down and putting that receiver way out in an island with a ton of space to work with one-on-one. -on -one. If you see that same kind of look from Tampa Bay, uh, well, you can just ask the Rams how that ended up. <laughs> okay, so that safety in question, 31, would be Anton Winfield Jr. He is carrying a questionable designation into this game. He was a full participant in practice until Friday when he was held out. Moving on to the running backs, uh, Leonard Fournette did not play against us in week six. Ronald Jones did. He got uh, a little over 100 yards. What is going to be the uh, big game changer here with the running backs? Is 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 the run game for the Buccaneers um, as big of a deal as some fans think it might be? Great question. I guess if, if you're looking at it from a standpoint from week six to now, 
Look at the Packers defensively and how they really stepped up, and it all stems down to your inside linebacker play. Everything this Mike Pettin defense does is built off of the inside linebackers, the D-line play, the secondary, your nickel, your dime, whoever that is. So expect the Packers to be in a little bit less of that six DB, that dime personnel set, uh, simply because they're really starting to trust their inside backers a lot more. And these two are, well, these three really, 58, 54, and 51, are, are playing a lot, a lot better, which frees up some of the stuff you can do on the D-line, which allows you to drop a safety into the run fit if you want to. I honestly don't see the running backs for Tampa being as big a deal as they were week six. Final question of the day. Let's look at special teams. This is something that we Ooh. harp on all the time. Talk to me about what you're seeing differently from the special teams right now from the from the Packers and uh, also contrast that with uh, what we saw on tape from the Buccaneers on special teams. For sure. I guess I'll start out with the Packers and specifically on punt team, which I've been um, just just very disappointed in, I guess, schematically and personnel wise. And we're seeing the difference now between playoff football and regular season football. In the regular season, you had quite a few questionable guys out there that just weren't doing their job very well at all. And you saw a lot of special team mishaps. Um, now you're seeing dudes like your, your wing formation in the punt, you're seeing AJ Dillon, Jamal Williams, you know, um, Amos, you're, you're seeing your major contributors on the offensive and defensive side of the ball on special teams, which is what you need. Hey, when you have a, a, a segment of the ball that is struggling, like special teams is you got to get your best 11 on the field. So we've seen that we still see some giant liabilities, to be honest with you. And that Rams game, um, JK Scott should get a medal of honor because he saved it. We watched the film. He kind of saved the game late in the, or excuse me, early in the fourth quarter. It's a one score game. They got some pressure. It really should have been a block punt, um, a bad snap that was picked up off of his plant foot across his body. Um, so a great save there. And then getting that ball away because 44 got his, his shoulders turned. So definitely still some liabilities there in special teams. And you really got to work hard on getting your best 11 on the field um, they did a good job thus far. Now it's time to shore up that line. Tampa Bay's got some problems as well, special teams-wise. They don't always adjust. If you can force Tampa Bay to punt from the low red zone, you might be able to get a, a return, much like the Eagles did to the Packers uh, earlier this season. You might be able to scheme up and formationally get a return, knowing that they're going to really pack the house and go max protection in the low red zone. So defensively, make a stop. Make them punt from inside their 20. You've got a good chance at a return. All right, Coach, last week I picked the Rams to win pretty convincingly. What are you seeing this week? I know last week you were nervous about that Rams matchup. How you feeling? Packers, Buccaneers, who do you think wins this game? I'm sorry, man. You know I'm the kiss of death, and you you know I, <laughs> I don't like doing it, but seeing the Packers' growth from week six and seeing um, maybe a slight regression offensively, um, kind of the same defensively for Tampa, what I'm seeing – I think the Packers win it pretty easily. I'm going Packers by 10, man. Um, and they're going to take care of business on the offensive side of the ball. I'm thinking 31-21, buddy. Man, I like it. I've, I've been calling uh, about 31-23. Maybe uh, I have I have said I could see the Packers maybe putting another seven up late in the game when they otherwise wouldn't necessarily need to. But just kind of a, hey, you know what? You uh, you kicked us pretty hard in week six, and you really didn't deserve that. So here's, here's six more. <laughs> Certainly possible, man. All right, Coach. Hey, thanks for joining the show. Everybody go follow Coach on Twitter, at Coach Hahn, and uh, check out his content. He's a fabulous contributor. He's been with us for a lot of the season here, and uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that the 
football season is drawing to a close and we're going to soon be without his uh, expertise on tape and uh, his, by the way, he does uh, uh, streams during the games. Uh, now he did the Baltimore Ravens. He did Packers versus uh, Rams. He does a live stream on YouTube. You should check it out. It's very entertaining and uh, also educational. Man, I appreciate that, JJ. Thanks so much. And, and to your Packer fan base and all of you, you know, not from not being a Packer fan, but getting to interact with you. I got to tell you, I'm really pulling for your Packers because you're a great fan base. You're very knowledgeable fans. You're fun to be around. Um, you know, I don't do it, JJ, but I'm going to go ahead and do it now. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go, buddy. <laughs> all right, that does it for today. Hopefully there is one more game for us to cover next week. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packer strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and join the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. My name is JJ. Please follow me on Twitter at JJ Leahy, L-A-H-E-Y, for breaking Packers news. And this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.